Hey everyone, welcome to the Viral Volley Podcast. We're in our week 10 episode of College Volleyball Weekly, coming over from volleyballmag.com. And uh, we got our, our usual suspects, uh, Dave Hunt of Pepperdine, Dan Friend of Lewis, and Jay Hasek of George Mason. Uh, Want to talk about some other stuff we didn't get to cover over at, Vi- uh, at the uh, volleyballmag.com piece, but uh, Concordia getting some good wins, pair wins against Stanford. Uh, they played Vanguard earlier in the week, so they're 3-0, and then they came up against Miami Eaters, so they, they shut that winning streak down. But first-year coach Riley Selman uh, getting some good wins against good program. I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on their play as as with the first-year coach and the change of some personnel there. And we'll start with you, Dan. <clears throat> well, yeah, I think Riley's certainly done a nice job. Those guys are playing hard for him. He's got a couple really nice pieces, and no surprise in terms of those getting a couple wins. And I believe yours went five with Irvine, right? And if they're yep. not playing three matches in a week, I don't know, do you know what I mean, in terms of that. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, but uh, yeah, I think a couple nice wins by those guys. And I think it'll be interesting as they continue in the conference play here. I think they play BYU. And I think one of our topics is BYU's losing streak. Uh, and Concordia goes to play them coming up in this next week. So that'll be an interesting matchup. So. Yep. Let's jump over to Dave. Yeah. I, Concordia plays really good volleyball right now. They maybe don't have the athleticism that they will in a few years. I think Riley will bring in some guys that, that fit his system a little bit better, uh, but they play really good volleyball. And I thought that's what they did against Stanford. They made Stanford play uh, and Stanford night two looked a lot better than night one, but just Concordia keeps consistent pressure on you as I'm sure that you saw Rob and just, they make you play good volleyball over a long period of time. So uh, it's cool to see. It's good for our conference that uh, when Patchell left that job, that when Riley took over, that that program keeps going in the right direction. Yeah, that Uriel Batista is one wild card of a swinger, though. He can, yeah. he's listed at 6'4, but I feel like he plays so much bigger than 6'4. So, yep. how are you, Jay? <clears throat> yeah, hats off to Riley, huh? Coming into a program that's, uh, that was a little disheveled there for a little while and trying to figure some things out on the fly. and you know, it's not easy for first year new head coaches to come in and make any changes that make major impacts, but he's doing a nice job. You know, Riley, Riley obviously knows how to play the game at a high level and he's transferring that information to his guys. And I think Dan's right. I think he's going to bring in some guys in the future that are going to be a little bit more in a system uh, and, and, and fit his style of play a little bit more. But yeah, Concordia is a program that, that this year is kind of a wild card. Uh, and then MPSF is going to be a lot of fun to watch come tournament time. Yep. All right. Well, let's uh, let's look at the uh, the other topic that Dan already kind of jumped into. Uh, I actually am wanted to put it on there because I saw a tweet. Someone had posted a stat, you know, BYU currently in a nine match losing streak. And I never had put it together. And I went back into their schedule like, wow, I can't remember the last time I saw that. And I know there's obviously changes, transitions and programs. And we also know that uh, the team excuses Zio Meyer as their starting setter for the rest of the season. So um, BYU, what's what can we expect to see? For the rest of the season at this point from uh, especially with the conference like the mpsf and we'll start with you dan well how about this you don't want to play them first round of the conference tournament <laughs> so uh i think sean does a great job and they may be on this losing streak but interesting thing in coaching and this happens a lot you lose a couple pieces here and there for whatever reason whether it's mid-season early season whatever it is and all of a sudden you might lose a few matches or kind of go this way. And from the outside perspective, you don't really know what's going on. Uh, but what I do know is when I watch them, they compete hard, they play hard, they go after it. 
and, and they have made have lost some close ones for sure in five and some other things. But uh, come tournament time, Sean will have his guys ready, and the young guys will have more experience, and they'll be competing better, and uh, and he'll put them in a good position. But uh, you know, it'll be interesting. Like I said, the Concordia match is coming up. Are they able to kind of string together a win? And is that at Concordia or BYU? I didn't it's at it. BYU. Uh, so that that bodes well for BYU. So maybe they get uh, a little streak going and are able to put themselves in a position in terms of getting a win or two there. So, yep. Let's jump over to Dave. Yeah. Anytime uh, somebody is dismissed, specifically your starting setter, there's something going on uh, within that program. And <clears throat> kudos to Sean for making the tough decision. I think that a lot of coaches nowadays in all uh, sports. You know, coaches are getting fired at a crazy rate. And, every, you know, who was who was just saying about the Florida Gulf Coast? Was that you, Dan? Yeah. yeah. Florida Gulf Coast basketball coach getting fired after 22 wins. Right. So anytime your job's on the line, right, in college sports, your job's on the line for not winning. Sometimes that clouds clouds your judgment. So Sean obviously is a principled person and uh, did the right thing for his group. And it says a lot about what those guys think of him that they play so hard. Right. If they were just getting beat 3-0 and just losing bad matches, it'd be different. But they're they're battling good teams, going to five and playing good volleyball. So I agree. You don't want to see them probably early in the MPSF tournament. Specifically, their left sides are good. If they can get some consistent play out of an opposite uh, or somebody, I don't know if they have somebody hurt or whatnot, but if the, all of a sudden the opposite comes in and stays the ship, it could be uh, a tough battle. They got spoiled with Gabby Garcia Fernandez. That's for sure. Yeah. Thank you. Cal Baptist. Right. So. <laughs> Jay. Well, first of all, I'm going to comment on all the athletic administrations out there that are firing people after one or two seasons because they don't have winning records. Whatever happened to trying to build a program, whatever happened to trying to build a, a, a solid foundation that you can rely upon for year upon year upon year, it's okay to have up and down years once in a while. That's part of the fun of coaching, you know, is that you have great years that you can celebrate. And then once in a while you have a down year where you got to figure some things out and try new things. And that's what coach is doing up there. You know, he's, he's, he obviously knows how to coach the game. He's won a few things here and there, but he's having a down year. He's got some, some personnel that some challenges that he's trying to work through. Some young guys are getting some playing time. That's awesome. It's great that BYU is not at the top of the heap all the time now, and they get a chance to work their way back up. It just makes the fans more endeared to the program when they do have wins. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't think the, – the thing for me is I know BYU is 0-9, but they're not an 0-9 team. They're still a really good team, and they're a couple points here and there from being either 5-4 and four or 4-5. and five. And so I think – that, yeah, it's it's probably since the dawning of time at BYU that they, of their men's program that they've got an 0-9 losing streak. But I don't think it's anything that we need to worry about. I think it's just they've got some challenges they're working through, just like any other team does, and and you know they'll figure it out along the way, or they won't. Either or. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> either that's or. That's the craziest statement. Either they'll figure it out or they won't. We'll see. Yeah, well, <laughs> listen, the sun comes up till it doesn't. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean the Words sun's always up when you got Ted Lasso as your coach? I mean, I did see yeah. the video feed this last week because I, I want, after what you guys Thank mentioned you. last week, I had to see what Sean was looking like these days. I'm like, oh, dead ringer. <laughs> yeah, Jordan Larson. That's the best call she's made other than marrying me. Nice job. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go over to week 10 because uh, oddly enough, this is the, the, what do you call it? The spring exodus. Uh, all the teams are going across different conferences, but 
we're going to have some really good matches here on the West Coast. Uh, well, actually across the nation, but some really good matches that I would expect to be postseason matchups. So um, what are you guys watching this week? And I may actually sprinkle some in there in between some of your comments. So um, go. let's start with uh, Jay on this one. Perfect. Thank you for calling my matchup with Pepperdine one of the top matches of the week. I appreciate it. Stellar <laughs> <laughs> consistent um, play is what you're going to see this weekend. That's right. That's right. And, and massive amounts of jump float serves. It's going to be amazing. I can't yeah, that's uh, that's the matchup that, that our viewers want to see is how is that serving matchup going to work? I'll break it all down next Monday if we win. It'll be, uh, it'll be it'll be it'll be a tough one to get through. Um, you know, it's, I call it the Great Migration because everybody's going across country, uh, and it's pretty warm out here right now. It's seventy six degrees, and it's beautiful and sunny, and so we're leaving beautiful and sunny to go to beautiful and sunny, which is kind of nice. So usually this time of year, it's a little cold, a little winter, hanging on for for the last year of life. But um, you know, for me, I got a couple matches that I'm going to be watching for sure. Um, I'm going to be watching Ball State and Princeton. I think that's going to be a really interesting one. Sam is Sam is dealing with, you know, obviously losing his assistant coach to Penn State, which is kind of a, a nail biter of sorts. Um, and Ball State is really good. And Princeton has the ability to be really good. But they're coming off two losses to Harvard. And that I know that stings Sam to no end. So he's going to be fired up to get a couple of wins against a good team in Ball State. I'm also uh, really excited to see Harvard and Grand Canyon. I, I, Harvard's one of those teams that if you're not watching and paying attention, they're going to sting you. They got a couple of players that are young. Uh, they've been off for two years, just like Princeton has. They got a couple of good wins under their belt. They're a team that can be sneaky good. I think Grand Canyon's going to win both those matches, but that's going to be really sneaky. And the last one I want to watch uh, is Ball State at NJIT uh, because NJIT is a team that is also very, very solid across the board. Right now, they don't have their starting setter. Um, but it doesn't seem to be slowing them down much. I know they lost to Penn State recently, but it wasn't, you know, they beat they beat Northridge last week, which everybody thought Northridge was a pretty good team. So happy to see uh, NJIT doing well. Yeah, there uh, you think you'd see Julian Meissner as their leading stat getter for NJIT, but has been the uh, Italian Alessandro Negri that's been getting uh, grabbing the top spot at each of those matches. So good call. Uh, how about you, Dan? You know that Alessandro guy. I tried to get him. Darn it. <laughs> so anyway, um, well, uh, I'll plug my, we travel to Hawaii. I'm excited about that. How about that? We go there uh, <laughs> tomorrow. So I'm, in, I'm looking forward to some warm weather for sure. Uh, should be some good volleyball, hopefully from our side and uh, in terms of competing at their place. And so they, Jay mentioned a pro, couple pretty good ones that were on my radar. I'd already mentioned um, Concordia and BYU. I think that'll be a good one to see. Does Concordia continue to, uh, show what they've got, and does BYU put a couple wins in? So that'd be a good match to watch at their place. Lincoln Memorial and McKendry. So when McKendry went down to Lincoln Memorial, there were, um, let's say, some unruly fans at Lincoln Memorial that uh, certainly upset some of the McKendry players. Uh, now Lincoln Memorial's got to go to uh, McKendry and Lindenwood, so it'll be interesting to see how that match goes and. Uh, how McKinry responds at home. Because if you remember, McKinry lost at Lincoln Memorial. So uh, mm -hmm. so that'll be a, a good one to watch. And I think Lincoln Memorial, I was curious to see Ohio State and Lincoln Memorial played, but Ohio State beat Lincoln Memorial twice in three. We really, really didn't touch on that. And that was that last opportunity, I think, for Lincoln Memorial to kind of make a statement uh, from there. But now they got McKinry and Lindenwood. So we'll see how that goes a little bit. So outside of that, I think uh, 
don't think Loyola goes anywhere now. And you talked about Ball State, Jay, because they're out there. So, uh, yeah, that's about all I got. Hey, we should fire Nikki Sandlin for being an unranked coach losing to an unranked team. That's awful. <laughs> fire. She just beat Pepperdine. Oh, sorry, Dave. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. We hire her. That's all right. We swept you, so that's fine. Oh, as long as no, I beat the guys no. on the screen, that's what I'm That's talking. okay. I swept, I, I swept UCLA, but that doesn't mean much to you. I mean, in terms of that. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dave, take a shot. Yeah, these guys only mentioned every freaking match in the country. So, <laughs> I mean, I got nothing left. Um, so, okay. So, behind the scenes a little bit, I do want to explain to people um, about the cross-conference stuff going on right now. You're going to see it for the next two or three weeks, right? Like. And that was who? Who's your commissioner, Dan? That we chatted with last year. Uh, Tim O'Brien. Yeah, Tim. Tim really made it possible, at least in the Miva schedule, to give a little bit of a break in there if you wanted it. Um, I think EIVA, Jay, you guys did the same thing. The EIVA, EIVA commissioner was also on that call, and then the MPSF Al Beard was still our commissioner, and John Hawks at UCLA was the one that helped get that break in the schedule for most teams. Uh, it gets a little bit tough because we have uh, two UC or a UC school and Stanford that are the quarter system schools. So it gets tough for them to take a break and when they can, but uh, kudos to those three conferences for figuring out a way to create a break within the season so that there can be some cross conference stuff. So we don't all have to jam it in in January. And then it's, ah, oh, well, you know, we didn't have this person or that person. Now we get more non-conference matches at a better time of the year. So uh, for people that are wondering why that happened, that's the way it is. So for the next few weeks, you'll see that. Um, and then the Big West, they're getting into their conference play a little bit more this week, right? So Long yep. Beach State and Irvine play. Yep. Um, so that'll be that'll be fun to watch. Anytime you have a conference with so few teams like Big West or now even the MPSF, every conference match matters, right? Because that can just switch those matchups and uh, one bad loss or one loss where you feel like you let one get away. Uh, can change things drastically. Yeah. I want to piggyback on that real quick. The, the, with the shrinkage of conference sizes, you know, the NPSF dropping from, you know, 13 teams down to six or seven or eight, whatever it is now, that opens up a lot of weekends. You know, back in the day, you know, when I was at Penn State, we we would look for places to go to pick up a couple matches during spring break or whatever. And the NPSF was so jammed full, full they had you know, only four open dates and they probably took care of most of them in January when they were doing cross-conference stuff. So it was really, really tough to find the ability to go schedule somebody outside of your conference, especially if you wanted to go out West. So now you're going to see a lot more of that happening because there's only six teams in the IBA next year. There's six teams in the NEC. There's you know still going to be a large number in the MEV. I don't know how they're going to work through that. But the MBSF is also small as well so, and the Big West. So you're going to see a lot more cross-pollination happen, which is just better for men's volleyball. And Dave made a great point. Now we're going to be able to see these teams at full strength after they played for a couple of months together, which is going to be even better volleyball to watch. So yeah, I, it's exciting times moving forward for sure. Yeah. All right. Surprised that none of you had mentioned the Ohio State Penn State series. They're playing a home and home uh, this week, so which should be a good one. Also, um, you know, Penn State obviously top of the EIVA and also highest EIVA team in the rankings in Ohio state. They definitely have some really good pieces in place, even without uh, Saponis back for them. We got Jacob pasture and I, the other outside that's uh, is a name is slipping me has also been putting up some really good numbers. Um, funny enough, big West play actually kicks into gear. You know, we'll have our, 
you'll see Big West matches three, four, and five this week with uh, uh, Cal State Northridge taking on Santa Barbara. But Long Beach State against UC Irvine, the home-and-home series, is the fact that Long Beach State and UC Irvine, there's no secret, that's a rivalry match. And um, I'm, you know, yeah, they're, they get along well off the court, but I, I expect to see a very charged Irvine team especially with all the talk that Long Beach State is getting. But I mean, Long Beach State is so good and deep, as we've discovered, especially after the Long Island series. They played almost the entire roster, and they hit over 600. So, um, you know, they had they had a 3-1 win against NGIT, which is not an easy team to beat. I mean, NGIT is one of the top competing teams in the nation right now. So um, I think you're going to see some really good play uh, this week again in that UC Irvine uh, Long Beach State series. So I'm watching that one. I think, uh, I think, first of all, it should be noted, they're doing the black and blue series at the beginning of the, or middle of the year, but beginning of the Big West, which I think they used to split it up towards the end, but regardless. Yeah, and I wasn't going to be watching yours too, Jay, since I'm going to be on the call on that one. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, look, Pepperdine and us, it's one of the top matches in the country to watch, and then UC Irvine's unveiling this floor when we're coming to town, which is just amazing. You know, USC. Everyone rolls it out for George Mason. I'm looking to see what USC is going to do. They better start up in their game. Or we're, we're not going to put them on the schedule anymore. They better have free smoothies for us or something. Who knows? <laughs> hey, Rob, I, the Ohio State-Penn State thing, you know, hopefully they just don't call it the Big Ten matchup or whatever it is, right? Because they call it the Big Ten Pac-12 thing, and neither of those conferences uh, sponsor volleyball, which pisses <laughs> me off still. Because it's, yeah. Hey, if you want to identify as that, get your conference to start sponsoring men's volleyball. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Well, that concludes uh, this episode of uh, College Volleyball Weekly on the Viral Volley Podcast. Be sure to follow all these coaches and teams, social, websites, any stuff. And uh, go to volleyballmag.com for the streaming listings, TV listings also off the block. I mean, some great resources for uh, college men's volleyball. I'm even going to drop volley venue, even though someone on the screen is, is pretty connected with what the per, the creator of that site. So get some good Who stuff. Who is that? That guy's crushing it. That guy's great. Who is that guy? <laughs> That guy. And also, Why are you guys gonna hold out on me like that? <laughs> oh, oh, you weren't here for that discussion. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll go off screen for that one. All Nate, right, no, right, also USA. Uh, you know, if I was a college coach, I'd be watching Nate knows Twitter feed because he's breaking down all your team's strengths and weaknesses. So, uh, <laughs> but he's just picking one player, one team each week, or you know, picking a highlight match. So, uh, but be sure to follow all of them because, uh, you know. What grows the game is the followership, and it's you, the fans, that that allow this program to grow, and you're following these players. And I cannot thank uh, Dave and Dan and Jay for the time they commit each week just to uh, continue to help grow the game. I mean, we're seeing some great action and uh, appreciate the breakdown, knowledge, experience, and even some of the drama that they create because, you know, <laughs> Jay and, he's, and his famous stick and, uh, you know, some great comments uh, of bashing other teams that don't travel. I'm not going to say who. <laughs> But I mean, they're all great topics because it's what you guys are thinking. These guys are just saying it for you. So I appreciate their candidness and uh, their experience. So uh, good luck, guys, this week. I will look forward to chatting with you next week. And uh, for all you traveling, hey, good luck on the road, too. Stay safe. Well, I'm, you know, from 75 to 70 for Jay, it's not really dangerous. So, <laughs> all right, gentlemen, have a good week. See you. Yeah. Yeah.